Hello, everybody. We are back with a long-awaited episode on what's working well with Kyle Lopes, the up-and-comer branch manager of the Marin County branch in the Bay Area Division in the Western Region. Kyle, it's great to have you on here. Awesome. Thank you for having me, Shelby. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So, like I said, the name of the podcast is What's Working Well, so that's the first question that we start with. Tell us, Kyle, what's working well right now in your vector world? Yeah, I mean, I think we have a lot of things working really well in our office that you're able to see the results of on the sales report each week. I think we have a great team culture. Um, one of the biggest things I emphasize from the very first time I meet applicants in the interview is that having my athletic background, I really try to make sure that we're trying to recreate an in-person team environment as best as possible, despite the fact that everybody's working remotely. And so our um, group chat is always popping off. We have a lot of friendly smack talk and emojis and gifts and all kinds of stuff. Um, really supportive atmosphere. I think it really enrolls people from day one when they get in introduced to the group meeting chat um, that they're part of a great team and a great culture. I think another thing that's working really well for us is making sure that people constantly know where they're at and constantly know um, you know, what they're at in sales, what their next promotion's like for the fast starters. Hey, you're this far away from your next prize and making sure that we're constantly driving action, constantly driving um, motivation and energy and really leaning into that with our representatives. And I think the other thing that's working really well for us is those first few days are so pivotal for reps. And I think it's very common for managers who spend a lot of energy Monday through Friday trying to drive people in the interviews and then drive them to the training and then train them and get them launched and get their first appointment set up to then take their foot off the gas. And our management staff does a great job of making sure that we continue to guide our people through that first weekend and through, you know, that Monday following their first weekend. That's a really pivotal time for our people. There are a lot of opportunities for reps to drop off during that space where they make that first appointment, it doesn't go well, and they don't get the support they need in a time where they're really unsure of the job. And then they drop off and managers wonder why they have, you know, hardly any kids who launch stick around. It's because they didn't really continue to invest that time. And you spent five days trying to get them to that point. Why wouldn't you spend two more at that point? Just trying to make sure that they stick around. Yeah. There's so much that you've said in this response that I want to dig into. We've had conversations with top managers in the past about culture but I don't think we've had conversations in the past about this first weekend mindset. And I love what you said so much. I always uh, teach my coaching clients that it's almost like a dating game in a way. Your first weekend is where the rep is beginning to feel out this job and whether or not it's for them. And, you, and it's really important that you're guiding them in this process and really walking alongside of them. So let's touch more on that. Um, you mentioned, you know, make sure they get the support that they need. I think a lot of managers out there are hoping to provide that support, but it's almost like a reactionary support. It's like, I hope they call in for PDIs that I can provide that support. And when they don't call in for PDI, there's a bit of that like demoralized feeling of like, well, why aren't they calling in? I can't give them the support that they need. And there's that type of excuse that happens often for branches. And I think just new managers in general, can you touch on, in your office specifically, how do you really ensure that your people are calling in for PDI so that you and your staff can give them the support that they need? Or if they're not calling in for PDI, how do you 
get them on the phone so that you can give them the support and then uphold that standard of like, hey, listen, you got to call in for PDI, if that question makes sense. Yeah, it does. I think that's a great question, Shelby. I think the first thing is that we don't have reps call in for PDI. I think that one of the main issues for a lot of managers throughout you know, the vector world is you expect a 17 or 18 or 19 year old to be responsible. And that's not the case. And so you have to understand and come at it from where you were when you first started. I remember myself as an 18 year old rep. I was not responsible. I would show up late to things. I would say I was showing up to a team meeting and not show up, right? I would say I'm in an alliance meeting and then I'd show up 30 minutes late for my alliance meeting. And so why would we forget that we were like that when we were brand new? Instead, it's the onus on us as managers to make sure that we know where they're at at all times and also to check in with them. And my management staff really embodies that. I let them know from day one, hey, we're going to work harder than the other managers because we're going to meet our reps where they are. And so um, we have all of our reps check in on every single appointment. That way I can quote unquote check them off or clock them out and make sure that they did the presentation and that they're all good and that they get paid for it. That way we eliminate potential base runners. And at the same time, I'm able to dig in for a couple of minutes on each appointment. I'm able to help them close. I'm able to help them upsell. I'm able to help remind them to ask for recommendations. And then I know they've completed an appointment. I can then ask them when they clock in for their next one, hey, by the way, how did your recommendations go on your previous appointment? And I can take that two or three minutes to PDI. Okay, so you have done away with PDI, which is a pretty radical idea. We're going to need to talk about that in a second here. Now, this check-in idea that you just explained does still sound like PDI to an extent. It sounds like that mid-demo check-in point. Am I correct in saying that? Where like they check in right before they close and you might help them close or help them upgrade a deal. Is that right? Correct. So if they're closing something or if a customer's on the fence, they close it, they call us to either get a um, deal they might not know exists, right? So like, hey, I just need to call my manager. There might be some specials that I don't, that I don't even know exist and I need to check in anyways on this appointment. Mm-hmm. And so they clock in with us and they're like, hey, Kyle, I'm interested in X and Y and Z the, or the customer's interested in X, Y and Z. They're a little unsure of the price. Are there any specials that I don't know of? And we're able to help the representative close, which further builds trust in the process and trust in the abilities of the managers. Mm -hmm. And so then when we tell them to do stuff in the future, they're more inclined to believe us because we have a track record of success when they do something, when they, when we tell them to do something and they do it and they see it works out in their favor, they're more inclined to follow our instruction in the future. Yeah. I mean, that's a really great point that you made right there that I think we should just unpack really briefly for everyone that's listening it's this idea that as you continuously show up for your people and overserve on the front end, they begin to trust you more on the back end and it will create a more dimensional and dynamic relationship moving forward, which can often mimic the relationship that we would normally and naturally build in person. So that's a really good point that you just made there. Let's go back to this radical idea of eliminating PDI. So what I'm hearing from you is that you don't require your people to call in in the morning. It's really just that they're calling in the middle of their demo. Is that right? That's correct. I'm not saying that we don't do PDI. I'm saying I don't make my reps call in for PDI. We call them. And so my morning calendar for almost every single day and the same as my AMs is we call our reps for PDI. And if we don't get a hold of them, we call them throughout the day. Is that a lot more work for us? Yes. 
But that way we don't have reps falling through the cracks. I'm not just anticipating that reps are going to call in and then being demoralized when they don't. Mm. Got it. Okay. Now let's say you've got a sharp rep that you're excited about who goes out, does their first demo, they don't call in. Does their second demo, they don't call in. From what I hear in the field with branches that express to me, they're frustrated that the reps aren't calling in for PDIs, usually because they had someone they put all of their hope and dreams into, and then that person happens to just be a dud. And my favorite line in the business is they're not sharp until they're sharp. You know what I mean? And so I'm wondering, Kyle, how do you maintain that? Because I would imagine that you're still dealing with kids who are not upholding the standards and not everyone calls in for PDI or whatever you want to call it, the check-in call. How do you handle that? Yeah, well, I think we make sure that it's imperative that they check in. One of the things that I explained during training for all of my representatives is in a remote world, we treat this like a real remote job. And the truth is, if you work at a tech company and you're working remotely nowadays, they have software that you work on that monitors every keystroke that you have, every click you have. They know exactly when you're working and when you're not. And so for those of you that you know, plan on going to tech down the road, check it out. Your company's going to know exactly when you're working and when you're not. And if you take an hour break, but you said you were actually working that hour, they know. And so I let my reps know I'm a lot more hands-off than that. This is a lot more flexible than most of the remote jobs in the world right now where people are getting paid six figures. I actually just expect you to clock in with me on your appointments. And I expect to have you in, in queue so we know when you're going to be working so that way a manager can be available for when you clock in or when you have questions. And then when you clock in, I cross-reference that with queue to make sure that your demo was set in queue. And that way when I'm doing base pay each week, I can say, okay, they have an appointment in queue. Great, they clocked in. Perfect. They're good to get paid for that demo. And if you forget to clock in, then what, the, what might the company forget to do? And the rep responds, forget to pay you. I'm like, exactly. Mm. And so I don't have reps forget to clock in. And if they do, we nip, like, we nip it right away because I know that their demo's in queue and I can reach out to them an hour later and say, hey, um, by the way, I didn't see a clock in from you. Did you just forget or did that appointment happen? And a rep would be like, oh, I'm so sorry. I totally forgot. Hey, no worries. Everybody gets a freebie their first weekend. It's not a big deal but make sure that you clock in on the next one because again, I do need to check you off for these appointments to make sure that you actually did them. Got it. So you have done away with the QPR sheet. We still use the QPR sheet. Oh, okay. Yeah. But what you're this just setting, this is just setting expectations for reps from the beginning to clock in on every single appointment. Yeah. What you're expressing is, is very fascinating to me because it is, it's setting the precedence on the front end that the way you measure their success or just their actions is through those two actions on their end and not necessarily the QPR at the end of the week, where I think a lot of managers might miss out on this opportunity you're expressing is that they just manage base pay based on the QPR sheet. But in reality, if you start with the precedence of, hey, if your demo isn't in queue and you're not checking in, how do we know to pay you? As opposed to fill out the QPR sheet at the end of the week and that's how we know to pay you. I think what you're describing here is, is an opportunity we could really capitalize on in the sense of holding standards, helping people understand on the front end, like this is super important if you wanna get paid. And I, I think it's brilliant. So I appreciate you bringing that up. Um, 
Let's talk a little bit about just in general, getting people to advance training as well, because you know, it's super important to have them feel supported and find success during this first weekend. But almost as important as that is getting them to advance training and setting them up for success for their first week. Can you touch on that? Yeah. And I completely agree. You know, I think that advanced training is an opportunity for us to really get our hands on somebody again, who might be um, flailing around a little bit and might be struggling and might have apprehension or anxiety about, is this the right job for them? Are they a good fit? Are they a salesperson, right? We talked about the sharp people you alluded to a little earlier. I have this one girl who is super, super sharp and her first weekend didn't go the way that she wanted it to. And she sent me this super long text about how, Hey, I don't know if this job is for me. I'm struggling with recommendations and stuff. Hey, no problem. That's exactly why we have advanced training tomorrow morning from nine to noon. We are going to cover all of that stuff. Exactly what you're going through right now is exactly what I wanted you to go through in your first weekend. That's why we have advanced training. I wanted you to struggle with this a little bit early. So that way, when I teach you how to handle it tomorrow morning, it all makes sense. Mm. That's great. Okay. What if you have somebody, or maybe not what if, but what types of questions might you have with somebody on the front end during training? So kind of moving away from advanced training back into training, because what you just described sparked a thought in my mind. What if you have somebody in training who you know is really sharp, they express to you that they want to go after a fast start or a 10K fast start, and you know they could do it, but you also need to like be brought back down to reality to an extent. What type of conversations might you have with somebody during training that would help them really have the proper mindset going into that first weekend? Yeah. So I think that, you know, for me, the conversations for people that have these large aspirations for fast starts really centers around their work ethic um, and being detached from the results, right? I don't really have 10k talks with reps like real 10k talks where i start to map out hey this is actually how you can accomplish this until monday or tuesday after they watch because i want to see their work ethic the first weekend i think one thing that managers mistakenly do is they latch on to a sharp rep they go this is my 10k rep right here i've been waiting all summer i found her him or her and they latch on in training and they're like first night day one PC. Hey, by the way, you should schedule 15 demos this weekend. And then the rep doesn't sell. And the rep is feeling a ton of pressure because now you've told them that they should sell 10 K and make two grand in their first 10 days and they quit. And then you're wondering, Oh, they didn't show up to AT one. What happened? Like, and a lot of managers use this cop out in the business. Like they must not be that sharp if they quit. No, maybe they actually were really sharp. Maybe we weren't being sharp. Maybe we weren't being retain the sharp people. And so we don't use that cop out in my office. I feel like too many managers nationwide do. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's a really, really valuable point, Kyle. Okay. So let's expand on that. Cause I think this could be really helpful for a lot of managers. So talk to me more about how a manager might be sharp. So you just said maybe they just weren't being sharp. How could a manager be sharp in that situation? Yeah. So I think really being diligent, right? Knowing what your rep's schedules are, knowing what their numbers are, knowing what their goals are, knowing what their schedule is, right? For my day one PC with a rep after training, it is very, um, 
I would say there are certain points that I cover with each rep, regardless of whether they're a 10K potential rep or a three or 4K potential rep, right? Because you never know. We have a representative who we deemed to be a average representative who ended up selling 8K in his fast start just this last week. And he's at 9,950 bucks so far in his first 14 days here, who we didn't ever have that 10K PC with until he was six days into his fast start. And so what that says to me is that maybe we're not the best judges of talent all the time. And so we need to always make sure that we're giving even the people that we judge as being average, the same high level treatment. And so we need to know what everybody's schedule is. That way, if a rep is gone three days of their fast start, I'm not saying, Hey, you should have a 10 K fast start. That might be unreasonable for them, no matter how sharp they are. Instead, I'm understanding where they are. I understand what numbers they're at after their first weekend. And I'm just moving them towards that next promotion. Hey, how about we get your next five demos scheduled? When is your next phone time? Okay, great. Are you making five calls after every single appointment that you do? Book one demo or uh, do one demo, book one demo, right? Stuff like that. And I don't want them to be suffocated by me, which is why I have them call me on their demos versus the other way around. But I also want to make sure that if I don't hear from them in a little while and they're MIA, myself or one of the AMs is checking it. Mm. And I think it requires a lot of work on our end, right? As the manager, that's a lot of energy. And there are a lot of opportunities for us to feel like, wow, this is way more than I signed up for. Well, the truth is it's not. You signed up to be a branch manager. This is a sprint for an entire summer. And there are no opportunities to take time off and go hang out with your friends or go to the pool. If you're doing that, maybe you weren't super dedicated to, you know, hitting the highest levels. Um, and that's fine. That's fine. But just also understand that you're never going to be able to attract or retain people that are sharper than you are. Mm-hmm. This is really good stuff. So in the essence of time, try to keep these really short, meaning that we'll probably have you on for another part two, because there's a lot more I want to dive into, but I also want to be cognizant of the fact that we try to keep these, you know, under 20 minutes and in some case around 20 to 30 and what you've shared already has been super valuable. I know a lot of managers will, will come out of this kind of rethinking how they go about that first weekend. So staying on theme with first weekend or even first week, your final wrap-up question here, Kyle, is what might be one or two last pieces of advice you would give to a manager who feels like, you know what, I could really get better at managing my reps through that first three to seven days. And ultimately, I mean, if you don't manage it through your first three to seven days, they're not going to be around for their first 10 to 15, but ultimately affecting their retention and, and hopefully their, their summer sales or campaign sales. So what might be those one or two final pieces of advice that you would give in this particular topic? Um, there are so many different elements. If I had to distill it down to just one or two key things, it's making sure that all of your representatives leave training with a bunch of demos ahead of them mm-hmm. and making sure that the first demos they have are the most qualified ones that they could possibly do. Um, it's such a basic tip, but so many managers drop the ball in this regard. I make sure that all of my representatives have somewhere between seven, eight to 12, 13 demos booked, which is harder nowadays running two day training versus running three day training before. So it takes even more dedication on our, on our end as managers, 
making sure they have a lot of demos booked and that way they're excited. If they have a couple no sales at the beginning, that's fine. They've got seven or eight more to go. Otherwise they only have one or two or three to go. And then they're like, wow, I guess I'm not going to hit my goals. I'm seeing everybody else drop homemakers in the chat and I'm starting to get demoralized. Yeah. And the other thing is, again, making sure those first couple demos they do, which are really pivotal for people that are really self-motivated and confident. If they get a no sale or two no sales at the beginning, that doesn't really shake them. They're not, they're not going to waver. They're going to be committed to the process. They're going to trust their manager and trust that this works. But for those people that are a little on the fence, even the sharp people also struggle with self-confidence. And if they don't do qualified demos at the beginning and they get no sales and no recs, now they start to doubt whether this is the right thing for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Well, Kyle, thank you so much for being on with us tonight. I for a couple of hours, but that's not what this podcast is all about. It's about short, digestible tips that someone could take while taking, on, taking a walk. So I appreciate your time with us tonight. And like I said, I think we'll definitely have you on for a part two of this message because you have so much knowledge to share. And it's really cool. I have to just say, it's really cool to watch you go from a top sales rep to now a top branch manager gunning for the silver cup. I mean, we'll see where you're at after these weeks of standings. But uh, I think I think number one is inching closer and closer and closer towards you or, or vice versa, I guess I could say. Kyle, thank you so much again for tonight's tips, and uh, I wish you the best of luck in the Silver Cup and beyond. Thank you very much, Shelby. I appreciate your time. Yep.